Welcome to the Storytime Clinic, where children's books and health collide. I'm your host, pediatrician Dr. Mfan Umarin, and every week I spotlight a children's book featuring a character with a health condition. My goal is to inspire conversations that will help all of us better understand and support kids with health conditions. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Storytime Clinic. Guess what, guys? This is episode number 20. We have come so far from our first episode way back in March 2021. I cannot believe it, but I am so grateful. Whether you are joining us for the first time or whether you have been with us through every single one of those 20 episodes, I want to thank you today for taking out your time to listen and to be a part of this journey. Now, in honor of our 20th episode, I'm going to take you back a little bit to the year 2020. Yes, it was so long ago. Thinking back to the beginning days of the coronavirus pandemic, when we were all getting locked down in our houses for the first time. Take your mind back to that experience. It was an eye-opening time for a lot of us as we began to realize all the things that we had maybe taken for granted a little bit that all of a sudden we did not have free access to. Of all the creature comforts that we were missing during that time, which one stood out most to you? For me, it was hair salons. Hair salons. (laughs) Not for me personally, because I do a lot of my hair by myself at home, but I was shocked by how hard the lack of hair services hit people. But I shouldn't really have been. If you think about it, there's such a big industry around hair and hair services. So there's hair cutting, there's coloring, there's trimming, there's styling, there's braiding, there's extensions, there's weaves. For guys, there's Beard shaping, I guess. Is that, is that what it's called? <laughs> um, talk less of all the, the services around removing hair. So waxing, laser treatments and so on and so forth. So there's, there's a lot that goes into maintenance and styling of hair. And so this is a big routine part of many people's lives. So it was a bit painful when that was taken away. I mean, we had people sneaking out of their houses in the dead of night to meet their drive-by stylist in an alley just to, to get a quick fix, a quick, a quick cut. <laughs> but the thing that's been most fascinating to me is that some people who were dying for a haircut at the beginning of the pandemic There's just no going back for them now. I mean, beards of a certain length used to be reserved for a particular echelon, a distinguished group of elderly gentlemen who had acquired great wisdom over the decades and had earned the privilege of stroking a beard wisely. But now it seems like 
any young whippersnapper can rock a beard of great length and it is accepted. (laughs) So I think one of the things that happened during the pandemic is that we really began to change the significance that we placed on certain things. And I think that some of these people gained a realization that they were not defined by having a certain haircut, a certain look, a certain style, a certain appearance. I think we all get a little crazy about hair sometimes, including sometimes dedicating an entire day to hair. Which one of you ever had a silly hair day in school or part of camp? Well, the title of my book today is What's Silly Hair Day with No Hair? This is a picture book by Noreen Paulson. It's geared towards a younger age group, four to seven years, but this is a a fun book to read for any age, really. And the subject of this book is alopecia. Alopecia. It's a long word, may not be familiar to a lot of you guys, but the fact that I've been talking about hair for the entirety of this episode should clue you into the fact that this has something to do with hair. So the word alopecia means hair loss. And there's a lot of different reasons that people lose their hair. Exhibit A, falling asleep in front of a troublesome child with a pair of scissors. That that one's on you. <laughs> B, getting your hair sucked up by a vacuum. C, holding a baby and forgetting to tie your ponytail up. I mean, because those little hands just hold on so darn tight to anything within reach. (laughs) So many ways that these could happen. None of these are in medical textbooks. But I will talk today about a particular kind of alopecia of hair loss called alopecia areata. Alopecia areata is an autoimmune disease. And this means that your immune system, which normally helps protect you against infections, ends up accidentally attacking a part of your own body. And so in alopecia areata, the immune system ends up affecting a part of the hair follicles, which are the little pits in your skin where hair grows out. And this causes hair to stop growing and to fall out. Alopecia areata can affect all age groups. So there are a good number of people who have the onset of their disease when they're children. And it affects both males and females. So what does this look like? Well, for the most part, this tends to be a patchy hair loss, meaning that there's small patches here and there where the hair has fallen out. Usually there's circular patches and the scalp is completely fine underneath. It's not bothersome. It doesn't itch. It doesn't hurt. There's no redness. There's no signs of the scalp or the skin being inflamed at that point. So the hair just falls out. And most of the time, this is on the scalp, but alopecia can affect anywhere that hair is found. In more severe cases, you can have hair loss on the entire scalp, which is called alopecia totalis, like the total scalp. And in rare cases, you can have 
alopecia of the entire body. So hair on the arms, legs, eyebrows, eyelashes, even hair in the private parts is gone completely. And this is called alopecia universalis. One of the interesting things about alopecia is that it actually does not damage the hair follicle itself. So this means there's always a potential for the hair to start growing back. It also means that the hair loss can happen again at any point. So this is a cyclical disease, meaning that it happens in cycles. The hair will grow back and then it can be lost again and then it can regrow back again, even if the hair loss has been there for months or even years. So that's been a little bit about alopecia. Now let's go back to our book. Again, the title of the book is What is Silly Hair Day with No Hair? And in the book, our main character's name is B. She is a young girl. She is maybe about five or six years old, let's say. B was born with hair, but she lost all of the hair on her scalp before she was four years old. So she has alopecia totalis, so it's totally gone from her scalp. When we get to meet B, we find out that for much of her life, she doesn't actually remember having hair. So it's it's not very bothersome to her. However, it, it bothers her once in a while, kind of when she feels left out of hair-related activities, like a silly hair day at school. A lot of the book revolves around this fun week that the kids are having in school where there's a different thing for them to do every day. So there's like a silly foot day, a silly hair day, a silly hat day, a silly costume day. And B is great at costumes, but she's a little bit worried about how she's going to participate in silly hair day, seeing as she has no hair. So with the help of her best friend, they do a lot of brainstorming. They go through a lot of different options but nothing really feels quite right until B has a great idea at the end of the book as to how she can participate in Silly Hair Day. I like this book because it normalizes having feelings that fluctuate. So for the majority of the time, B was not bothered about her hair. But every once in a while, there was a trigger that would make her kind of remember that she was a little bit different, that she didn't have something that all the other kids had. It is normal, even if you feel very confident, even if you are um, accepting and positive, um, it is normal to have occasions where you struggle a little bit with your feelings, and that is fine. Alopecia can be a difficult diagnosis to deal with psychologically. Now, you might think, what's the big deal? It doesn't hurt. It doesn't stop anyone from doing their daily activities. Isn't it just hair? But I think as we explored in the beginning of the episode, hair can be a pretty big deal for many people. And I think that's because in society, we have kind of equated hair, especially long hair with beauty. And this is, of course, especially when it comes to women. So 
a lot of people with alopecia can struggle with issues with um, not liking the way they look, uh, self-esteem, confidence. And depending on what age this develops, there can really be a significant struggle with the appearance that they are used to having. There can be a loss of certain uh, routines going to the hair salon, the culture and community that comes around um, hair and hair services. Uh, so there, there can be a lot of losses for somebody um, in this area. Something that also adds to that is the uncertainty of the course. So it's not really possible to predict when and if a person's hair is going to grow back and uh, when and if it is going to fall out again. We do know that for people who develop alopecia in childhood, in people who have it kind of more widespread, so their total scalp or their total body, these are more severe forms of alopecia, so these are a bit less likely to regrow. However, there's always a possibility. And so this uncertainty can be frustrating. It can be difficult for people to deal with. Sometimes alopecia draws unnecessary and unwanted attention to people. For little kids, there's always an issue of teasing, of bullying. So this is something that needs to be dealt with. Another thing they might encounter is people worrying about whether they are sick because their hair is gone. So remember I mentioned that alopecia just means hair loss and that there are a lot of ways that people can lose their hair. Well, one way that people are pretty familiar with on the whole is individuals who lose their hair after cancer treatments. And that's because those therapies, they're designed to kind of target and attack cells that grow very quickly. And um, hair follicles are, are one of those types of cells. And so they're affected by those therapies. Although a lot of times this is a temporary type of alopecia. So we expect the hair to start growing back, usually in about three months or so. But people make the association between baldness, between loss of hair and cancer and chemotherapy. So there was one lady who talked about her experience getting stopped multiple times to be asked about how her cancer treatments were going. So sometimes that can be that can be a jarring experience for someone who actually has alopecia areata. I think that's another reason why it's important to raise awareness about about this disease so that people realize that it's not just something that happens after cancer therapies. Then, of course, there is the big question of how one is going to manage one's alopecia. There are some treatments available because, again, it's an immune system problem. Usually we would combat this using a immunosuppressant, something that suppresses the immune system from acting up when it shouldn't. And so they have these in a cream form. Sometimes they are injectable into the skin. So it's going to depend overall on the type of alopecia a person has and what what the right situation is as determined by a doctor. So some of these treatments are effective, but none of them are uh, long lasting, meaning that there's no cure. These treatments are things that would need to be repeated over time and they don't necessarily stop hair loss from happening in the future. 
A lot of people might be used to the appearance of having hair and might want to replicate that as much as possible. So there's a lot of accessories to help with that. There's wigs, there's eyelashes, there's synthetic eyebrows. You can tattoo eyebrows on. Lots of different options, but some of these options might get expensive. Other people might wear their look naturally, so they might just go without any hair covering at all and go bald. Other people might cover up in different ways, so whether it is hats or berets, beanies, scarves, wraps, whatever it is, some people feel that it is easier for them to cover up in one way or another, as that is going to attract less attention. But with the covering up, sometimes there is an anxiety of what happens when this cover is taken off and when other people see what I look like without this on my head. So there's a bit of a worry about having something happen to the cover up that you have, having your cap blow off in the wind, having your wig fall off as you are participating in sports. There's just lots of situations that maybe have to be thought out a little bit more than you would if you we're not wearing a wig or something else on your head. So it can be a a nerve wracking experience. All in all, the, the point here is that there is a very real psychological impact of hair loss that we need to recognize and that we need to be prepared to support in these children. This book also has a great message of inclusion. Um, so a lot of the book was figuring out how we could get B to be a part of this thing that was going on in school without necessarily having her conform to the way everyone else looked. So I loved that the solution wasn't necessarily to just get hair on her head so she could look like everyone else, but she was able to participate in the hair day in her own unique way while honoring the person that she was. I love the fact that this model self-acceptance so well, which can really be a struggle in uh, people with this disease. So I thought the book did an excellent job. It was very cute, loved all the illustrations. And um, I also think in this book, there's a lot of ways for kids to use their imagination and kind of play along with what's happening, you know, to think about ideas for B, for the different uh, fun days that she has, and to kind of come up with some ideas that could help her. So I think that kids will enjoy this book, and it's really um, easy to read. At the back of the book, it also has a handy page, just giving a bit more information about alopecia and giving a couple of resources to help people support children with uh, alopecia. So the book was really nicely done. You guys should check this one out. What's Silly Hair Day with No Hair by Noreen Paulson. So before I wrap up, I just wanted to share a couple of resources for any of you guys who are interested. The first one is the National Alopecia Areata Foundation. And their website is www.naaf.org. This is a nonprofit organization nationally that supports people with alopecia areata. It educates the public about the disease and it supports research to find a treatment or a cure for alopecia areata. 
And the other one is called the Children's Alopecia Project. This is at www.childrensalopeciaproject.org. The mission of this group is to help any child in need who is living with hair loss due to all forms of alopecia. Their main goals are to build self-esteem for kids living with alopecia, to provide support for them and their families, to raise awareness, and importantly, to change the emphasis from growing hair to growing confidence, which I love. This website has a lot of great resources for families, particularly as we always talk about uh, increasing knowledge and awareness in the school setting. It has a couple of sample letters, actually, that a parent could use and give to other kids in the classroom, give to teachers, give to parents of other kids uh, in a class. And so it has kind of sample letters and some appropriate wording for all those types of different scenarios. And this can be very useful um, when a child is starting school or having some difficulties in school. So that's one thing. Another thing is that they do run a couple of camps uh, for children uh, across the country, as well as uh, support groups for children as well. And so if you're interested in either of those things, I would check out their website. The camp, I just have to mention this because I love it. The camp is called Alopecia Palooza. That is, <laughs> that's the greatest name I've ever heard. Okay. So those are my resources for the day. That was my book. Very importantly, this month is National Alopecia Awareness Month. Okay. That's September Alopecia Awareness Month. So this is a perfect time for you to spread awareness, share this episode with other people so that we can all learn together, learn and grow together. All right. You guys are wonderful. Thank you for listening. I'll see you in the next episode. For the show notes and links to the books I cover in this episode, please head over to the podcast website at www.storytimeclinic.com. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and share this podcast with other people who may be interested. I'd also love to hear from you if you have book suggestions or health topics you'd like to see me cover. If you want to give me some feedback and help me make this podcast more valuable for you, you can leave a review on iTunes or send me an email at thestorytimeclinic at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and I will see you in the next episode.